Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, it's Wimbledon, folks, or it certainly will be Wimbledon in about 14 hours' time from now. This is your Wimbledon preview tennis podcast recorded for the first time as a team from 14 hours hashtag tp towers quit let's go to sleep then it'll be over then we can start <laughs> you're not supposed to wish your life away david I'm just i remember bit. my old headmistress doing a doing a, an assembly about that Oh. Doesn't matter how excited you are about something, you should never wish your life away. Okay, I'll try not to. It's your favourite part, I thought, David. <laughs> yeah, this is the good bit. Yeah. It's yeah, all but... to look forward to. All right. Uh, yes, we're on the cusp of the first Wimbledon Championships for two years. What we have been hyping left, right and centre as one of the most exciting and significant Grand Slam tournaments in our memory certainly in mine and matt's memory in your memory too david yeah definitely and actually when you just said that that really hit me the the thought that we haven't had this for two years i i, I don't know why i mean why this particular event because the pandemic has has we, we know what it's cost everybody's in their worlds and their and, and sport and so forth but there's something about the fact that it is two complete years since we were here that 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 feels bigger than just losing a Wimbledon you know it feels like two or three Wimbledons and um yeah uh, walking around the the grounds today yeah I felt it felt quite eerie but really really special Mm. yeah I've been trying to put my finger on why exactly I'm so excited for this tournament I'm always excited for Grand Slams (laughs) but I am feeling a particular sense of excitement for this one and I think it's the fact that we haven't had it for two years at Wimbledon it's the fact that there are so many storylines and frankly it's the fact that we can do this you know we can record a podcast together in person we've had them we've had four slams remote recording haven't we and you know I think part of the fun of watching sport is the communal experience of watching it I think that's why fans not being present in stadiums has been such a blow but I just think you know just for us, I don't want to be, you know, focus on us too much, but <laughs> I've watched Grand Slams in my bedroom on my own for the last 
15 months it's just exciting to be able to share it with other people again and i hope that other people get the same experience now the world is starting to open up a little bit my, more. my sense is that this is a familiar story everybody's experiencing this i uh, i bumped into a few people today and there's an excitement level that I don't know. I, I I don't remember it being like this. Everybody looks forward to Wimbledon. Everybody's pleased it's here. But there's just been um, an inevitability about it being here every year. And if you're one of the lucky ones to be able to come to it, or in our case to work at it, people have just only known that. And mm. suddenly they haven't been able by, to know By that. bumped into people, do you mean accosted by fans? Well, <laughs> I mean, I did, I did meet. Pam Shriver walking along <laughs> Somerset Road today, or you know, I, I was just stood there minding my own business, and and uh, and I was the lucky one she picked out of the the vast galleries. What gave of... you away? David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, this will be the first Slam since Australia of last year, the Australian Open at the start of 2020, that we've all been able to record daily podcasts together. There was no puppy there that time, though, was there? <laughs> She's yeah, been very well behaved. It's the first time I've ever met Billie Jean, and we're best buds already. Mm. She's on a she's on a PR campaign. I'm having to... a good influence, I think. Yeah, I, yes, it's all you, David. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> Wimbledon is around the corner. David's going to be there for BBC Radio every day. Matt and I have tickets for tomorrow for the first day with the general public. It's going to be amazing. Mm. You, you've got court one, haven't you? We've got court one. Um, and thank goodness, because it's going to rain all day. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, most of the time we'll be watching We'll be watching from here and then welcoming welcoming David over in the evening to regale us with tales of of being on site, of which I'm sure there are many. So one way or another, we've, we've got you covered. We've also got a feature of which the working title is Dialer Dan. <laughs> That's yes. the first I've heard yeah, of this Yeah, we came title. up with that while you were in the loo, Matt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other, <laughs> other ideas... I'll go were, to the loo more often. <laughs> other Seems ideas... Seems to lead to the best ideas. ...that were tabled were Dear Dan's Diary. Mm. Mm. What was your one? So, Evo's voice notes. <laughs> right, rubbish. <laughs> Didn't really roll off the tongue. So, if everyone's in agreement, Dialer Dan yeah. is a thing. David, what's Dialer Dan? Whenever we've got a question that we want to ask Dan Evans, we just ask him. And he appears. But we just ask him, David texts him. <laughs> just sort of like <laughs> and magic. Matt and I just eagerly await the response. Yeah. Just, mm. just anything. So uh, we'll bring you the first instalment of Dialer Dan shortly. Yeah. Uh, with Dan Evans uh, answering David's question about how he really feels about his draw. Yeah, about whether he looks ahead in the draw. <laughs> Um, and how he feels about having Feliciano Lopez in the opening round. Yeah. How how was the draw, Matt? You're a, you're a very um, discerning critic of draw <laughs> ceremonies. Marks out of ten for Wimbledon on Friday. It was good. It was a good draw. They did it properly. Um, name name pronunciations perhaps could have been. <laughs> A little better. Christian Rude is delighted <laughs> to have a wild card. <laughs> he didn't yeah. find out until Friday, but he's on the plane. Yeah. He's uh, he's ready to go. I, I sympathise somewhat with Jerry Armstrong, who who I've attended tennis tournaments at with with 
Christian Rude in the draw. <laughs> it's just that it's his son Casper. Um, but you know, we all get that one wrong. <laughs> but I loved the format of the draw. Picking names out of the hat. That's the way it should be. Yes. Don't over engineer draws. No. That, that is if you take one thing from this podcast other than Dialer Dan, uh, let it be that. Yeah. No, they they do do a good job job of the draw here. Uh, mm. Because they, they just yeah, they keep it classic. It's like the old FA Cup draw back in the day, probably too early for you two to even remember. Um, that that was done just on the radio, and the, you just heard the the balls as they're going around, and then they're picked out, and and there was the the chairman of the FA was was announcing them, um, and yeah, that's what was going on here. And I must say, the outcome of the draw, I think there were some excellent first round matches. Often, my attention in the first week of a slam is actually away from the show courts, but I actually think the order of plays on centre court and number one court will be really strong over the next Mm. few days. I mean, they certainly are on Monday because quite a lot of big names have got really interesting draws. Who is going to get the graveyard shift on Tuesday when Hmm. England are playing Germany? Other than David Law in the commentary booth. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a 5pm match, actually, England-Germany, isn't it? So 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 there will be a clash. Yeah, it's third match of the day on... Well, on any court. It reminds me of um, a a couple of massive World Cup moments that that I've been at Wimbledon for. I remember England playing in the 2006 World Cup when I was on on court one in the low down. Another one where we lost to Germany. Yeah. We were doing the low down. Let's be positive. One where we lost to Germany. And there was these massive matches on and people were just expecting people to just leave the moment the the match came on and and they didn't i mean i was i mean i was pleased and i shouldn't be surprised really they paid for a ticket that they, they want to see the matches but you could see lots of people with earphones in just going oh no you know when these penalties <laughs> were getting missed uh, and then there was and then of course i was on court one uh whilst <laughs> in the 2018 world cup england against croatia, croatia and I was watching, and there was a great match happening. Match happening on centre court. One Martin so everyone Del on centre was against bummed Nadal. to be missing the football, but at least they were watching one of the greatest matches. Yeah, whilst I'd got Milos Raonic <laughs> <laughs> against, I kind of a f- fellow Isner? big server. Yeah, someone like that, and it was it was Isner, wasn't it? Mm. Wasn't one of my career highlights, <laughs> um, but anyway, at least I got to go to Wimbledon. Um, uh, yeah, so that will be Tuesday, yeah. where when we know we'll have. Look, I mean, centre is going to be Roger Federer, isn't it? Yes. Has he got a good draw? Adrian Manorino, first mm. round, isn't it? I think that's not. I think ideal. that's tough. Mm. I, I think. I think it's all right. Rog, I think peak Roger Federer. That's fine. I think he'll like the trajectory of that ball. Please. It, I mean, um, censor it if if you like, but please could you repeat your description of Adrian Manorino that you gave us on the WhatsApp chat? I can't remember it. It it wasn't complimentary. Was it not? <laughs> oh yes, I I think I think I said I think that what I was trying to get at was if you got on top of him early on, you're not going to get a lot of fight. Is what I was trying to get at. Um, and but I also he's not he's not somebody that will be um, 
crippled by respect. I don't think he gives two hoots who's down the other end of the court but has and he, what the occasion is. Has he ever caused a big upset? It, that's Can't a funny one because really. I sort of think of some him as somebody that would and yet no. you're right, no, he doesn't. No. I think of him Nearly as... against Zverev at the US Open, but didn't. He mm. likes quieter occasions. I think his ball will suit Federer down to the ground. I haven't looked at the head-to-head. Wish I had. I, <laughs> I, I do remember them playing in Basel and Manorino pushed him. I think he had... Oh, great. I think he had a break point in the deep in the third set to to go up a break. I think Federer saved it with you know sort of classic half volley this off his toes. This is not a normal level of men- memory. Remembering no. the specific rally pl- played on break point in a sort of second round match in Basel <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> I so, I'm just so used to this that this yeah, is normal to me now from that. Uh, Manorino Federer head to head. <laughs> I mean, I think there is a chance that. Now I think about it, the Manorino could sort of handcuff him on the baseline with it's, those flat drives. It's six and zero to Federer. Yeah, I thought so. Was there one, <laughs> oh, was actually, there one in Basel? They played it. There was one in Basel, twenty thirteen. Oh, also twenty seventeen. That's though. the one. That was mm. tight, right? Oh, he won a set. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but they last played at Wimbledon in twenty eighteen, and Federer won Love five and four. See, I think that, well, that that'll suit. Yeah, okay. but but. How relevant is the head-to-head if Federer's not yes. different the Federer Federers. we've known? Different Federer's is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think he'll still have enough to beat Manorino. I'm not worried about him going out. But I do think it's a little bit tricky. But maybe mm. he'd like that. He needs I, matches. I, when, I'm re- when I'm reading through an order of play on Amazon and I, you know, I have to find something to say about everyone to sort of bring it to life, always end up with tricky lefty for Adrian <laughs> Manorino. Um, Never fails. Did we get any intel or inkling from Roger Federer's press conference yesterday as to where he feels he's at, how fit he might be? Well, I always think fitness-wise, he's a difficult guy to read, but I felt that he was satisfactorily upbeat and really, I mean... Pumped. Yeah, but he actually used the word pumped to me, Mm. (laughs) which is quite funny. Uh, But, you know, I think um, that that encouraged me that he looks really excited by the prospect. I think he's got a good draw looking at this. Manorino to play Gasquet or Sagita and then potentially Krajinovic, Bolt, Pui or Norrie. I think he's. I've got him in mm. going deep. I've got him going deep. Yeah, I do. I think it's but, okay. So do I. But going deep isn't the point. He's not here to go deep. Well, you got to. But he needs that. He yeah. Needs but that. does any? Do any of us in this room? I haven't done my predictions yet, so I'll exempt myself. Uh, have him going to the final. No, I've got him in the semis. Semis losing to Berrettini. Yeah. And if you handed him that now, he wouldn't take it. No. He's just not. No. It's not what he's here for. How much do you think bubble life can be affecting Federer? I've been thinking about this because, you know, we've always been joking about how much, you know, how, how long it's taking, it's taking him to get used to the new towel rule. Mm. You know, <laughs> and I just think Federer is that. so ingrained with how things are done. For him, by him now. He hasn't got his family here. Mm. 
I think it, the fact is, I think it, I think the fact he's got a happy family on tour is one of the main reasons why he's kept playing, mm. and he's not had as long to adjust to it because he wasn't around last year. Could that be affecting his mindset in any way? He was very yeah. honest about Haller, where he just had a total disaster in those last two sets. He, and he was cross with his bad attitude. And I don't know, I feel like things not being as they are can perhaps affect him a little bit. I think that's a really good point. Actually, he was asked about how are you finding the bubble, wasn't he? And he was he was pretty dismissive of the question, not in a tetchy way, but he was very keen not to be complaining. He just he, said, he, he said look, I accept it. Bubble's the bubble. Bubble's yeah, the, he, yeah. I accept it, but accepting it and not complaining about it aren't the same as it not well, affect not affecting you and it being just fine. And, I, I, and look, I know that the top players are being given preferential rooms and suites in the tournament hotel, but they are all in the same hotel. This will be the worst hotel Roger Federer has stayed in for twenty years, probably. Maybe. I mean, I, I, mean, so, I, I, yeah. I think it's. By mortal standards, a nice hotel. But by Roger Federer standards, he probably hasn't seen a hotel well, I, like that I th- for I think the, uh, the a decade. The issue is more pronounced here because, as he was saying, normally I'm, uh, we go in, we get the house, we go figure out our grocery shopping, and he, you know, he has the time of his life, and he feels at home, and he's enjoying London Wimbledon life out as a civilian uh, and a very rich one at that, <laughs> who can have whatever he wants whenever he wants. And that's just a totally different vibe mm. of this of this championship. And I, and I think we would we struggle a bit to fully relate here because look, we're sitting in your flat right now, Catherine. I've just walked back from Wimbledon up and down Church Road, bumping into Pam Shriver, having a chat, you know. And they can't do any of that. Mm. They they yeah. are in the car, and and I I walked up, and there was a, a huge coach huge bus to to take all the players that were together in a group and all their support teams back to the hotel and i was told to walk around this coach and stay out of the way basically because that's bubble life right there pick them up drop them off pick them up again from the hotel tomorrow for their match bring them and then they've got to go back again there's no hanging around there's no socializing it's look it's not the worst thing in the world but it's not easy and i don't think I fully I'm staying in the house as well. I'm doing all the things that they want to be doing mm. and I'm not even playing the event. Do, uh, do, how do we think it might affect Djokovic? Who also has a I don't think anything will affect who, about Djokovic right now. I he's think He's got a great draw. I, I, he's got a good draw. I don't think it matters what his draw is. I think he is so in the zone, so focused, so ready. I don't know what can derail him. Tell me both how and why you're convinced that this Wimbledon will be different to 2016 when he so struggled after winning the French. Well, I think the one thing that might derail him on this quest for, let's be honest, the golden calendar slam is stress. Mm. And because we have seen him stressed in the past, I'm not sure that's going to come here. I think there are more legs to come. I think he's in such a good place. I think the reason it will be different from Wimbledon five years ago, which is the only time he's ever come into Wimbledon having won the French Open, is that that, for me, like felt like a loss of motivation. 
Like, yeah. what's next after winning mm. the French Open? That was his career goal. He accomplished it, and suddenly he's back in a Grand Slam. How do you get up for that? And I think he struggled with it, and it, it, and it persevered, didn't it, for a couple of years. Now, the next goal is so clear in his mind. I think the little doubles he played in Mallorca was kind of a perfect little bridge, actually. Get on the grass, have some fun, and now he's here, sort of business mode. I agree. I think... I can't see him being derailed here. I think the only way he's going to lose, in my opinion, is is if he is, if if it, yeah. if it does affect him. I can't see anyone being better than him. Has anyone in our predictions competition, and not all entries are in yet, including mine, has anyone not picked Djokovic for well, the men's title? When I put mine in, there'd been about 13 entries, and I think they'd all gone mm. Djokovic. I've not mm. seen any yet. He starts against Jack Draper. Mm. Um, first up tomorrow on centre court. I, I think Draper can make that fun. Yeah. And lose. Agree. Yeah, I would mm. agree. Uh, Kevin Anderson could be second. Davidovich Fakina would be interesting, third round, if that happened. Uh, I don't know what Davidovich Fakina is like on grass. I have no well, he's, a ju- he's a junior champion. Oh, right. Here. But, of course he is. Yes. But I just, you told me that the I, other week. I can't imagine him getting close to Djokovic mm. yet. No. I think it's a great draw for Djokovic. It, it, I think so. Looking too. through this draw, I mean, I, I think I ended up with Yannick Sinner as his quarterfinal opponent, and we saw Sinner lose the first match of the entire Queen's tournament the other week to to Draper. Yeah, he's just mm. he's so yeah, that's not form. He's so green on it. That's yeah. the thing. Mm. He's just so unused think, to it. I think he said he'd spent fifteen days on grass in his life before Queens. Yeah, I mean that's. That's a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a, uh, What is Daniil Medvedev's draw like, David? He has just won the title in Mallorca. He always used to say that grass was his favourite mm. surface. He has a tough first round. Oh, Jan, Jan Leonard Struff in the first mm. round. And that was the last thing to come out of the draw, wasn't it? Yes, that, it was. That tie and, yeah. a, and a sort of, ooh, went around. <laughs> and I think, didn't Struff just... He just beat Medvedev in Halle. Oh, that is not a good draw then. But then Medvedev won the title Mm. the week after. Yeah, Yeah, I I think over five sets, Medvedev will probably. So, assuming he gets through that, could could end up with Alcaraz second round, Chilich third round, um, mm. Dimitrov Hercatch in the fourth round, and then quarterfinal opponent most likely going to be Federer. Okay. I would love to see that. That yeah. would be fun. I feel like we haven't seen Federer Medvedev since no. Medvedev's become a, a real force. At I, the top. I think I think Medvedev can cause Federer mm. problems for the, for similar reasons to why Djokovic does. I think I'm going to end up predicting that to happen. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. I've mm. got Berrettini though bludgeoning his way through all the way into the final. What's mm. his draw like? He has got Pella first round. Then he's got Good v- draw. Van der Schlup or Botic van der Zanschlup. Yeah, that's the one. Van der Zanschlup. One is to watch, says uh, Patrick Moritoglu. Van der Zanschlup. Right, yeah. Um, Barrer, Mute, Bedene, these are all in okay. the section. This is a good draw. John Isner could be his third round opponent for Berrettini, which, you know, might might mm. be tricky for him. Casper um, Ruud, Aslan Karatsev, fourth round, most likely. And then in his quarter, it's supposed to be Zverev. 
Is there I've any... got Auger Aliassime now actually against him mm. in the, in the uh, quarters. Is there anyone else in the men's draw that is is worth highlighting? Either a seed that is has a bad draw and is liable to lose, or uh, a floater that uh, that catches your eye. I mean, sit to pass. We haven't talked about sit to pass. Well, we were we real were t- unknown quantity. We were talking Francis about Francis Tiafo. Yeah, we were wondering opening. whether that should be one of our predictions in our newsletter for tonight's stroke tomorrow morning, where we pick an upset in in the first you know four rounds of the tournament. Is that an upset? Is that realistic as a possibility? I think we all considered it, and we all well certainly. I ended up thinking, well, no, I think Sitsipas will win. Mm. Yeah, same. I think, I think if he is going to be vulnerable, Sitsipas, it likely is going to be in the first couple of rounds. He's he's not had any matches on grass for two years, and as you said, Tiafo is a is a tough opponent. I thought he played quite well at Queens, um, but I just I just have faith in Sitsipas. He's mm. having such a good year. He doesn't have that many bad results anymore, so have to back him. I just think the hard thing about the men's draw, the women's draw, the I mean, the whole tournament, missing a year of a specialist surface like grass makes it so hard to know how mm. how well these players who have really blossomed since the last Wimbledon are going to do on grass. You know, particularly Rude, the case in Sitsipas. the women's draw, I think, and then where the women's we have draw even more Grand Slam champions who. I genuinely don't know how they play on grass, really. Okay, I've watched a couple of matches in Eastbourne, but... Andrescu and Sviantec, particularly, because we rave about them so much. And yet, I was looking, when we were doing the picks today, I'm looking at Andrescu's section, and I'm thinking, when did I last not have Andrescu in a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam Mm. if she's in the draw? I can't think of one. And yet, in the end, I went with somebody I think is just probably more suited to the surface. But... Her and Sviantec, I feel, in years to come, will probably be able to win this thing. But at the moment, I can't imagine they're going to... Because I feel like I've appreciated the the intricacies of the surface a bit more in the last few weeks because it's been such a long time since we've seen it. You see how uncomfortable certain players are moving on it and what they do with a ball. Mm. And I think with Andrescu, since Miami, she's not actually been able to show up at a tournament without any form and go deep in it I mean that was one of her trademarks but more recently she's well she lost first round at Roland Garros she took a loss on the grass didn't she it it feels harder to justify picking Andrescu without any form than it did even a few months ago I think it's about confidence in her body Mm. as much as it is or more so than it is form I think I think she's nervous about her her body and it will take a lot of matches. I think it will take a bit of a grind for her to let go of that stress. And why wouldn't she be nervous about her body? It's repeatedly letting her and us down. That section she's in is just rammed with people of note. Azarenka is a potential fourth-round opponent. Um, Annette Contevate could be Azarenka Contevate in the third round. There is Kasatkina, there's Ostapenko who's just won a title. Wow. She's happening. She's happening. And when she happens, she wins Grand Slams. <laughs> but would you back her? No. To, <laughs> to back it up? That's the thing. I I ended up going with the player that she beat in... Was it Eastbourne? Yeah, you've yeah. gone for Contevate. No, I've gone for Kasatkina. 
Oh right, to, mm. to be in Another the quarters. Player she beat. I'm okay. all. I'm always you totally are, you won all, over. You are a Kazakina flag waver. Well, I am, but I'm also. I can't get out of my head watching what Kazakina did to Ash Barty on grass at Wimbledon about three years ago. Seeing somebody beat Barty at her own game was something I don't think I'd seen before. Mm. It, is that not also a problem with? players winning a title the week before a slam. I, I always struggle with that when I'm making a prediction because logically you should think that's the player I'm going to pick. Yeah. They're in great form. But actually it can often go the other way. And you, and you sometimes think, well, they've had matches in different conditions. They've maybe mm. peaked too soon. How do you back it up? Alex de Menor won in Eastbourne yesterday. That was The men's final was played second. It was on late afternoon. He's, I think, playing a not-before-5pm match on day one. Yeah. Tomorrow in the opening round, the last time he won a tournament on the eve of a slam was Sydney. Um, before, was it the 2020 Australian Open or 2019? Um, and he ended up having to withdraw. Yeah, he hurt himself. Didn't he? From, you know, it's it's a poison chalice. My often. mind goes back to Djokovic doing it recently in Belgrade. And when we were concerned yep. that that wasn't the standard preparation for a Grand Slam and he ended up winning the French Open yep, as well. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, but, I, but I do agree with you at this tournament. With the amount of tennis they've all played, the French Open and everything else, to come to Wimbledon, the, some of these players, it feels all a bit frantic. Mm. So, especially the ones who've had to fly in. You know, it's it's a lot all at once, and yet, you, and you see the other players are spending a good five, six days just acclimatizing, getting used to it, enjoying. Oh, hello, Billie Jean. Uh, getting used to the. It's all right. It's all right. I'm, I'm not having to go at your favourite player. It's. Who's your who's favourite player? Billie Jean. Billie Jean King. <laughs> <laughs> She's not in the draw, Billie Jean. Yeah. Um, and and I see these players particularly today because it was so quiet at Wimbledon. I think that that's good for you to just get your bearings and and to have to come straight in and with the testing and with the new mm. bubble and all that sort of thing. I'm not convinced, really, that they'll be in... I think that, that it does make some players vulnerable in that first-round match. I think if you get past your first one, that match toughness can really come into it then. It'd be very interesting. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. So no-one's got Andrescu doing a thing no i haven't got her in the quarters i do love by the way that ash barty's opening the women's tournament yeah because i love it too but it has happened as a result of simona hallett having to having to withdraw from the tournament she went to wimbledon she was posting all sorts of really upbeat uplifting posts i'm here i'm finally gonna have the chance to defend my title and she has to pull out it's such a shame Mm. That is probably probably one of my favourite Wimbledon traditions, actually. The, the fact that if you win the tournament, you know exactly when you're going to be playing the next year. I just think that's such a cool thing to look forward to. None of the others do that, do they? Mm, the others no. don't do it. And mm. she was denied it last year, obviously, because the tournament didn't happen. And to be denied it again, I, it's just its just a massive shame. You know, you know what we should do? We should have Ash Barty win the title this year and then let Simone oh. Hallett next year. Oh, and she would. Yeah. You've, you've really just tugged at my heartstrings there. And Ash, I tell you, Ash Barty was asked about this in her press comments and she 
said exactly what you said. You know, it is a great honour, and I'm, but Sim, she goes, Simo has earned that. Mm. She should be doing mm. that. Yeah, totally. And look, it's it's fallen very well that it's Ash Barty versus Carlos Suarez Navarro, who yeah. got such a rough deal, I thought, at the French Open when yes. when she was put on in front of basically no crowd at, at her last time playing Roland Garros. If this is her last Wimbledon match, it's it's a great match to have. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a really... It was a great Ash Barty press conference yesterday, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. She, she seemed more at ease than I think I've seen her in a press conference mm. before. Her... I, she's never rude. She's just usually stoic and and really flat batting things mm. away and not really engaging. This time she really was engaging. I mean, she told this lovely story about how she'd come up with the outfit that she's going to wear at this Wimbledon, which is the 50th anniversary of Yvonne Goulagong's mm. first title in 1971. And she has had a... a, a, a an outfit designed in in its honour, and it's very similar, and it's it's really cool, and you could see her face light up because she idolises Yvonne Gulligan. We talked about that in our in our tennis relived uh, edition about Yvonne Gulligan a few months back. Um, but yeah, she just it it appears that the injury is not causing her any concerns now because of course she had to pull out of the it's the French Open, wasn't mm-hmm. it, where she got hurt and she doesn't seem worried about that anymore. I asked her about what her favourite surface is, given that she's won the French Open, that she's had success on hard courts and yet she's always talked so fondly about grass and she just goes, All of them <laughs> Yeah, it was a great line. Yeah, and that I think is one of her biggest strengths, adaptability. She's got a game which translates she can adapt within a match as well i think um i i really hope she is past that injury she said the rehab had been quite slow immediately after paris and she hasn't played any any tournaments what was uh, it she had again was it a back problem I got it, hip. it was a hip wasn't right. it and i think she said that she'd never had it before and it sort of just happened in in practice one an day ac- an acute episode an acute yes i think those were the exact mm. words and and i think her physio hadn't seen it before it was it was it was quite concerning i remember mm. thinking at the time so i hope she's okay she's not played a warm up event which makes me doubt it a little bit um but she's absolutely got the game to win this tournament She's in the same half as Serena Williams, who I can see, Matt, because I have your draw sheet in front of me, you have put into your quarterfinals. Uh, you haven't gone beyond the quarterfinals on this sheet. Who's got her? I'm assuming, David, you've also got her in the quarters. Ash, yes. No, Serena. Oh, sorry, Serena. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, I've got Serena going all the way to the final. Beating Barty in the semis? Yeah. Hmm. The last time Serena played Wimbledon and didn't reach the final was 2014. Oh, my. Which... How many times she played it in that period? Four. So so the last four times she's played Wimbledon, she's reached the final. Wow. So two, the Halep-Kerber losses... I've got Petra Kvitova beating her in the final, and then somebody told me that Petra Kvitova is coming back from an ankle of problems, so... (laughs) A bit, a bit well, it's not bad enough that she didn't reach the final in 
Bad Hamburg, wherever that is. Yeah. Beaten by Angelique Kerber? Yeah, who is in Serena's mm. section. If only she'd been in good Hamburg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that absolutely belting third round match, that, isn't it? Angelique Kerber against Serena Williams. That was a yes. final here about yeah. four years ago. It, it, it's been two finals in, in the last five years, hasn't it? They match up yeah, brilliantly. Serena Kerber is one of my favourite matches. I... I'm just so persuaded by Serena's record at Wimbledon. And there have been a couple of tournaments in these last few years where she's not played that well. Wait and yet she still made it through to the Are final. Are you calling 24 here, Matt? They, you're calling a woman with an ankle injury to beat her in the final. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, I am. Do you know, I think I've said in the past that I didn't think I would be predicting Serena to win another slam. But but I actually think I am. A little smile on his face. I think I'm predicting the Serena. David's face. Yes. Well, Matt. you've got her here. Assuming these, you, you've written it's very light ink on this draw. <laughs> Is he been trying to there's rub a, that out? There's a real lack of commitment, <laughs> oh, I would say. In I these must names. say, I was on a but wobbly train. But the names that you've got are Serena and Mukova. Hmm quite good about that yeah okay i i had a dream about mukova being in the final um the other day but it was just a dream sorry carolina <laughs> um so you you've got serena beating barty in the semis <laughs> i think i probably do yes mm. yeah i'm just talking you through your predictions here <laughs> you're Matt. making them for me you're welcome um are there any yet. other i'm just going to throw some names out there and you can tell me whether you think they're going to do a thing okay. lose early win it um, we've already covered Petra Kvitova and her dodgy ankle. Uh, Kenin. She's in a great section, I remember thinking. She's in a really open mm. section of the draw. But I think the same applies for all the players she's with. I think they will be looking at Kenin thinking, yeah. she's she's probably vulnerable here. I haven't got her anywhere. No, but you. I'll. I'll let but you know that you this. do have that quarter. You haven't even put lighting in no, that quarter. No, because it's so, so open. It's available, uh, <laughs> Sophia. I think for you to persuade Matt. I think Madison Keys might be in there. I've got she Madison really Keys. She really ought to be yeah. with this draw, I've with got... her skills. She should be. But I will never get it out of my mind watching her lose to Evgenia Rodina in the fourth round a few years ago when she was. At, at a at a peak, she's got to the quarters of every slam, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Not every time. No, but, yeah. but you know, she's con- yeah. She's in her own way being consistent. Mm. Oh yeah, she's been consistent in slams, but not recently. I, I still, I still no, feel, recently. I still feel underwhelmed by her achievements, relatively relative to her talent and it, it's, gifts. It's a, it's a real sign of the times for her that you're not looking at her name in that section and going keys quarters well she's in my David quarters should be. I've got her in there right but but I would okay. say that that was a, she, that's probably the last section that I completed mm. Mm. it's really open you've got Kudamatova Mertens who doesn't love the grass I don't think Kudamatova's in my bad books after the French Open <laughs> Sophia <laughs> Kennan Danielle Collins it's yeah it's extremely open uh, you've got Muguruza in the quarter below that who is a total unknown quantity fitness wise if she's fit I've got her then she's I've got about 12 players at the moment in the quarter um, and then <laughs> bottom section what do we think of Arena Sabalenka I, I think her against Monica Nicolescu is a match that I'm going to find a way to watch <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I mean imagine it 
forehand it, slices against... She's qualified, Nicolescu. So she's played herself into some form. If Sabalenka has any kind of French Open hangover, Nicolescu could just drive her to distraction... That would be hilarious. ...and dismantle her. Yeah. I think Sabalenka will win that. Yeah. I but, mean, most people listening to this podcast will be doing so after that match has happened. <laughs> so let's not commit ourselves too hard to a prediction there. Um, but she's in a decent part of the draw, Sabalenka. The thing is, I think Sabalenka can lose to anyone. Mm. I mean, I know Pavlichenkova went on to have a great run at the French Open and she is a dangerous player for top 10 seeds. But Pavlichenkova is a completely different game style to Nicolescu. And mm. yet you sort of think both could be yeah. dangerous. It, it, sort of anything can happen with Sabalenka. She's the ultimate nightmare for predictions. There's Zachary in there. There's Rabatkina in there. I yeah, think, I, I think, think I might end up with Rabatkina. Mm, I was drawn to Rabatkina. Had a run in Another the, one in my bad books. In, in Eastbourne. <laughs> she was in my newsletter and I thought I was on to a win. I sat there till 9pm watching her find a way past... <laughs> Sevastava and then the next day <sighs> she lost to Ostapenko yes mm. at least she lost to the eventual champion mm. yes I'll take some solace in that well done Elaine Ostapenko who nobody's got in any quarterfinals well no. well done for winning Eastbourne though <laughs> um, so that's your draw dissection when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. It's time for Dyla Dan. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so, David, you asked him today... Well, uh, I'll just let's just ask him, shall we? 
Dan, do you look at your draw? Did you look at it? Do you look beyond the first round? Didn't look at the draw. If I'm being totally honest, I was disappointed with my draw. Um, so, yeah, I just thought playing Lopez is tough, but if I get through that, I'll be in good shape for whoever I play, really. Because that's a proper, proper win if I win tomorrow on the grass. I just want to follow up with what wouldn't be a proper win? <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. I, I, did. I mean, did you get names? He was quite polite, to be fair. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but he he point he, he said it's. And this is the other thing about comfort on grass. He really puts a lot of stock in that. There are players mm. that are good players that don't look anywhere near as dangerous on grass because they just don't know how to how to do it. They don't know, they don't know what it gives you as a, as a sort of game style of options and, and and what it costs you if you don't have those abilities and uh i, I mean personally i think he's going to beat feliciano lopez I, I i mean i think he feels he's it's 39 you know I mean, look, lopez is still a really he's incredibly fit and strong yeah. still and he and he's he will maraud forwards at, at all costs and that's I, the danger I, mm. I know he played in Mallorca last week and I have to say I didn't see any of that but he who did he lose to at Queens I thought he looked a bit injured he, he wasn't fully fit no. against Denis Shapovalov yeah mm. he, he looked to be suffering with his back a little bit to yeah. me um so yeah mm. um, Evans has had an issue with lefties but they've been mm. very different sorts different of players mm. I'm, I'm trying to work out whether it was the playing style or the leftiness mm. perhaps Lopez the result against him will give us some insight into that the other thing is the pressure on Evans in his own mind mm. he he's so desperate to deliver he builds up these slams so much if he wins one match though I think I think he kind of knows this as well uh, not it's not about the specifics of the draw I think he like he says there if he's playing well and he beats this guy then he's really playing mm. well and he, mm. but it's it's more to me it's more about he's in the draw then he's yeah. in the tournament which I, he hasn't been for what is it three straight first round losses yeah. at slam I think for the future of Dyla Dan it would be great <laughs> if he could I really like F- Feliciano Lopez but I've feel like I've got a lot invested in Dyla Dan Yeah and I mean, it, we, 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 we will continue beyond his exit from the tournament, yeah. I trust. But, I mean, an but, hour ago, we didn't even have a name for it. Mm. I'd, but I'd, now I'd, that we I'd, do... I'd started the feature, and now we, then we called it something. We're going to need another player beginning with D and their phone number <laughs> if he goes the, out. So. And, and them not there? to block us. <laughs> no, not D. Yeah, I mean, it's, da- it's... I suppose you could have Dyla Dave. I don't know any Dive, Dyla Daniil. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That would work, wouldn't it? Dyla Dimitrov. <laughs> Just need their numbers. Yeah. Okay. Small, right. small but issue. But we're not ditching you, Dan. Uh, what do we think about Andy Murray tomorrow? Yeah, I was just going to come on to that because I realised I'd completely missed him out earlier. Um, third I think third will, on. Third on centre court. I think he will beat Nikolaus Basilashvili tomorrow. I think it's not the best draw. Catherine's just watching Belgium score in the Euros. Did you see it? <laughs> no, but no, I'm... I, I desperately want to <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> there are some men dressed as Smurfs that have been... a Smurfs Belgian. It's the bad Hazard who scored. Is it a Smurfs 
Belgian. Who's the bad Hazard? Not, it's not Edin. It, not Edin. Who's the... His brother. There's, there's one... Are they brothers? Yeah. I he's just know that. scored I in the Euros. Know, he's, he's got an unbelievable goal. He's been goal. called bad. Mm, Relatively. Like Hamburg. Crikey. Um, just, um, just have a watch of this. Quickly watch the replay and then we can resume the podcast. Here we okay. go, here we go, here we go. There we go. Oh, Look hello. at that. That is not bad. Um, yeah, I've got uh, Andy Murray in the quarters. Uh, I haven't gone through the draw yet. That is the quarter that Matt has affectionately <laughs> and tentatively called... The Denis Shapovalov quarter. <laughs> <laughs> have you got him in in the end, Matt? Because you you had to have you had to have a bit of a lie down after putting him in in your provisional list. I started my predictions yesterday and had Denis Shapovalov in the quarters and thought, right, Matt, don't be ridiculous. Take a moment, sleep on it. I have done, and I've still got Denis Shapovalov in the quarters. Wow, this could be this could be a moment. Who's Andy Murray losing to? I think Denis Shapovalov. Oh, right, they're okay. In, they're in that no, no, section. No, 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 Listen, if Andy Murray ends up playing Denis Shapovalov, I don't think he will Murray's... not be losing no. to Denis Shapovalov. I don't think I so. I don't know. I think, I think that's sufficiently into the tournament that Murray could be struggling physically at that point. And Shapovalov, that's exactly the sort of match he would be up for, I think. I don't think he would be a bit crippled by respect and admiration. He has had a... A fair dose of that in the past. Maybe, but with Murray? <laughs> I mean, he's not specifically mentioned having posters of Andy Murray on his wall, <laughs> no. But, mm. I mean, I mean it, m- most tennis players with a sort of respect for the game hold Andy Murray in some oh, kind of reverence. for sure. Yeah. And so they should. Yeah. Sort of, perhaps not as rivals. You know, the way but... Yannick Sinner was talking yeah, about Andy Murray absolutely. was... Look, I think... For me, what I'm struck by with Andy Murray is how relieved he is to just be playing mm. Wimbledon. It's not only last year he missed. He missed 2019 Wimbledon and 2018 Wimbledon. And I think yeah. he, he's spoken about finding it hard to know how much effort to put in to the tournament prior to the one he actually wants to play in case he gets injured. He said he didn't know how much he could push himself for Queens. And he loves Queens. It's one of his favourite tournaments. Mm. Because he desperately wanted to play Wimbledon. And now he's here and is going to play. I'm just so pleased for him that he gets that. And I think he can win a couple of matches. I I thought thought he was playing, at times, quite well at Queens. You've totally airbrushed out the Murray-Pierre-Rugobert partnership there. And the sure. mar- marina. Yeah, sure. That's not what we called it, is it? Sarandi. He was there. He was. Yeah, no, he was. But yeah, you know what I mean. I do. So you got him in the quarters. I've got him winning tomorrow and then TBC. And Matt, you've got him... I think third or fourth round, whenever but, he would play. But we all think he's beating Basilashvili. Yeah, I didn't intend to have him in the quarters until things mm. just started to progress. He, he, and I got a bit carried away. He had some very strong things to say, didn't he, about um, uh, Basilashvili and the fact that uh, the ATP, or his his belief that the ATP should have a domestic violence policy. Yes. And that the situation with Basilashvili and with Zverev as well, obviously different situations, Basilashvili is awaiting trial um, for domestic abuse uh, charges um, has highlighted the absence of any kind of policy and Murray was 
pretty unequivocal yeah. about about that. Being as it, as he was choice. last time when he was mm. asked about it in relation to Zverev and mm. um, all power to Andy Murray mm. for sticking his head out and and being prepared to say what he thinks on that subject and standing firm in that belief that not enough is done mm. in order to to have a clear policy um, and, and, and a sequence of processes that mm. would follow an allegation of this type. Yeah, it would it would certainly be uncomfortable for me to watch Andy Murray lose his probable last ever Wimbledon match to Nicolas Basilashvili. Mm. Um, but we'll see. The heavens have opened in... Well, I'm SW15, oh, great. Just, a mile, to... just a mile down the road. I've from got to Wimbledon. walk home in this. So I think the prediction is that roofs will be on tomorrow. Roofs, plural. Yeah. The number one court roof will be out in force. Um, I think that's it in terms of draw news. We heard from Serena Williams in her pre-tournament press conference that she doesn't plan to play the Olympics. Mm. Um, there's a there's a spate of those withdrawals happening, aren't there? Denis Shapovalov said he's not going to play the Olympics. Dominic Team not planning to play the Olympics. He also isn't playing Wimbledon. He suffered a wrist injury in Mallorca uh, last week. It looks quite bad, actually. That wrist injury is going to keep him out for a while, most likely. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I can understand it. And it does tend to be a trend, a bit of a trend, that if you've got an Olympic gold medal it's kind of a box ticked it, it is slightly different to the Grand Slams in it's that very, way it's very different depending on the player isn't it mm. because I think there are some players that seem to prioritise the Olympics ahead of everything else mm. but more often than not it's the other way around mm. and I think look this is a very specific Olympics it's during a pandemic in Tokyo where there is anxiety generally and and I also think there is just such a bubble fatigue about these players now and it's just another one that they would have to shoehorn in mm. yeah Andy Murray will play the Olympics he was announced in the GB squad alongside Dan Evans in singles Cam Norrie apparently had counted himself out said he didn't want to play um, at the Olympics Andy Murray will also play doubles alongside Joe Salisbury uh, and Dan Evans will play with Neil Skubsky, um, which I get the impression is as much of a surprise to Dan Evans it is, as it is to everybody else that he's going to be playing Olympic doubles. But um, that well, sounds you, great fun. I, they they did have a lot of success, didn't yeah, they, earlier this year? Yeah, qualified Miami. as a team. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I love Olympic doubles pairings. I saw that um, Azarenka and Sabalenka won the doubles title in Berlin a couple of weeks ago and they tweeted great preparation for the Olympics that's a doubles team that I'm excited about so yeah I'm sure there'll be developments oh my goodness me I almost didn't mention Venus and Nick Kyrgios which is a doubles a mixed doubles team (laughs) might be the best thing about this whole tournament I intended to lead with it and here we are (laughs) 50 minutes later and I'm only just mentioning it Diana Dan got in the way Venus Williams and Nick Kyrgios are playing mixed doubles together. I, I I gasped when I found out about that. I I think it's an amazing pairing. Um, it's sort of been in the works for a few years. We've we've discovered that Venus Williams was asked. I think at the WTA finals, sort of 
launch event a few years ago who her, who her dream mixed doubles partner would be and she said playing with Nick Kyrgios would be would be fun I think and he replied to that saying yes legend <laughs> and here we are four years later and it's happening and look I will be dropping everything mm-hmm. to watch them Me in first round mixed doubles too. action I think that yeah. is the power of that pairing mm. Yeah, I'll I'll be dropping everything for that as well. Just speaking of dropping everything, I have had an email land in my inbox just this moment from Wimbledon, from the AELTC, uh, which is saying that the referee's office has advised that Johanna Conta has been withdrawn from the ladies' singles draw, having been classified as a close contact of a positive test for COVID-19 in line with government legislation, Conta is required to spend 10 days in self-isolation. Ye Fan Wang will replace her in the draw. Obviously, that's literally just landed. We're all processing that live, but it feels like a big story. That I mean, obviously, devastating for Conta, really feel for her. Um, but on the brink of a, a championships that, is going to welcome full crowds over the weekend, um, is sort of being seen as a big step forward towards normality from a COVID perspective. That feels like a, yeah, a big story and a, and a blow and a, and a crash down to earth. Well, well, it does. I mean, it, it brings into focus the rest of the tournament inevitably because they've been building this, what they hope is foolproof bubble. Um, I mean, there's no such thing really is there generally, but they've done the best job they possibly can. No expense spared, no planning um, uh, spared. And here we have the British number one in the women's game out um, for a close contact test. And the the statement from the All England Tennis Club says that um, both Johanna and her team member had tested negative on all their previous tests undertaken. Um, But it just goes to show that's all it takes. And she is now in 10 days of self-isolation and out of Wimbledon. And mm. uh, I think Freddie Nielsen a couple of days ago in the doubles was also withdrawn. Um, so, well, one hopes that that person is, is, is going to be okay. Um, but also just more generally that, that there aren't other test positives on the horizon because it can, it um, can cause mayhem. I'm seeing that it was a member of Conta's team, um, that presented with COVID-19 symptoms this morning um, and immediately isolated and undertook a PCR test. It's, yeah, it's a reminder of how precarious Mm. it all still is. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry to finish on a, on a, on a bum note, but um, it would have been remiss of us not to, to bring you that news. Um, But yeah, blow, a blow for Joe Conta really feel for her. Because um, she said, hasn't she, that she doesn't intend to play mm, tennis. I for was that, just thinking that. How many more Wimbledon's has, has, has she got? Yeah, absolutely. Oh dear. Um, fingers crossed that that is where the the situation ends with regards to positive tests and close contacts. So that's it. Your Wimbledon preview uh, for the twenty twenty one championships. We'll be doing daily 
newsletters. Matt will be doing daily newsletters. I'll be watching him do daily newsletters uh, and making bad predictions in the process thereof. So do you subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already. There will be predictions. There'll be Matt's stat. There will be dog spam, both of Billie Jean and also Mocha, our lovely mascot for Wimbledon, who is owned by lovely Dawn, um, who has had a mascot before, Star. Star's no longer with us, but um, we love Dawn and we love Dawn's dogs. And Mocha is a Chihuahua cross. And I am currently looking at a picture of him uh, on a uh, tennis podcast towel uh, wearing uh, with a uh, Wimbledon towel. No, it's a tennis podcast T-shirt and a Wimbledon towel draped behind. So Mocha is is just all of all of the branded we love mocha um so thank you very much to mocha thank you to dawn for bringing mocha into our lives thank you to zeus scousel mousel and rogue um this is the the lovely clean slate moment on the eve of a grand slam when none of us have let down our mascots It'll come. And long may that continue. Uh, Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer. And for the first time this Wimbledon, Matt, we have shout outs. We do. For Chris Kamara. All right, Chris. Like Chris Kamara? Quite a lot like Chris Kamara, but is it not Chris Kamara? Oh, <laughs> this one's better, but I mean, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Chris. Thanks for your support. We have Puello Deir. Ooh. Ooh, where's Puello from? Uh, who Matt could say? said it confidently in a very Hispanic accent. I have done. Puello, get in touch. Let us know yes. where you're from. You we sound like amazing. Well, I think we need to add that for next year, aren't we? Yes, we've suddenly yes, realised. What's your like name and where do you come from? Mm. Correct. It, currently, it's an admin nightmare to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, we're going to slicken up the system next mm. year. Yeah, Puello. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And last one today is friend of the pod, Rosemary. Oh. Right, Rosemary. Rosemary, not the dog? Rosie, not the dog. Hello. In Guernsey. Yes, hello. Who who came to our first ever live show. Yeah. And who is just the nicest. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much, Rosemary, for your support. Um, We hope you enjoy our daily Wimbledon podcasts. I certainly intend to enjoy doing them uh, and being in your company for this fortnight and let's do this we'll speak to you tomorrow mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 